Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 91 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, the Razgrees, with my co-host, the Buck, giving you the new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the internet. Now, if you're watching this in our video format, you may notice a few things. One, I'm wearing different clothes than I will be in the second half of the show. Two, there's people walking in the background of Buck's video. This is reason why. Because for some stupid reason, my computer, for the first time ever in 91 episodes, has decided to corrupt a file. Now, it was technically my fault that it happened. I hit a button that I shouldn't have. It was an accident. But we lost half an episode. So we are actually re-recording this. So some of our, our normal vigor and excitement may be lost. And I'm hoping not, because uh, I've actually forgotten about the articles. Uh, best part about having mental disorders like I have, you can do forget things and it can work out in your favor. Well, in this particular instance, it does. But, Buck, we're doing this on a Tuesday afternoon, so we can release this for a Wednesday morning episode. Um, fun stuff, right? <laughs> fun stuff trying hey, to make, make content. You know, we're 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 in it for you guys, man. That's that's what it's that's what it's all about. Well, you know, time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Let's do this once again. Our first story comes from the richmondregister.com. Man tries to evade arrest with stolen identity, which also had active warrants. <laughs> According to police reports, a uh, Bruia? I can't, I still can't pronounce it. B-E-R-E-A. Uh, with active warrants, tried to evade arrest on Monday by giving deputies a different social security number. Turns out the person also had warrants and the man was arrested anyway. <laughs> Uh, Adam Castle was arrested on January 31st and charged with giving an officer a false identifying information, failure to appear in court, second-degree escape, tampering with a prisoner monitoring device, and theft of another's identity without consent. Let me just say that before we go any further, that is the weirdest name for a charge I've ever seen. I've heard of identity theft. I've heard of theft by unlawful taking, other things of that nature. And I, I can kind of quantify in my head why they make sense the way they're worded, but... Theft of another person's identity without consent. How can one steal an identity with consent? Wouldn't it just be That's assuming that... an identity? I don't... I just... I can't wrap my mind around that particular one either, man. That's that's an anomaly to me all day long. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. We're going to need Squatch to weigh in on that one. But moving on, on January 31st, a deputy from the Madison County Sheriff's Office observed a vehicle slowly pull around the back of the Richmond Athletic Club. An arrest citation claims the vehicle began to speed when the deputy attempted to catch up with it. The vehicle parked in front of the speedway on Eastern Bypass, and two males got out of the car and went into the speedway. Uh, for those who are not aware, speedway is a, uh, is a chain for um, uh, gas stations. It's a chain of gas stations one of whom was allegedly the man later identified as Adam Castle. The deputy was able to get both men back into the vehicle and ask Castle for his identity. Castle allegedly provided the social security number of someone with the last name Perkins, though text in the citation said Castle told deputies his name was Stephen Clemens. It turned out a subject named Stephen Clemens also had a warrant for his arrest, which Castle was then arrested for. <laughs> According to the citation, Castle took a deep breath and told the arresting deputy, quote, he was going to shoot him straight. On the way to the Madison County Detention Center, Castle allegedly stated he had given the wrong social security number in order to get out of an arrest and advised his name was not Clemens, but Adam Castle, and that he had warrants for escape and failing to appear in court. 
Dispatch verified this information and Castle's identity was checked. Castle had active warrants stemming from an incident in June of 2021 on charges of first-degree trafficking of a controlled substance, possession of drug paraphernalia, and being a persistent felon offender. Castle was charged and lodged at the Madison County Detention Center. The register collects and publishes police records, blah, 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 blah. So I, I, I just want to say this. I love the fact that we have to be the kinder, gentler society, and we can no longer refer to someone as an inmate or a convict. They have to be called a, a resident, and they're, and they're not in jail or they're incarcerated. They're lodged at the Madison County Detention Center. <laughs> Now, I'll... Go on. See, what I want to know, first off, what really, really just... mm, Is the social security number that he gave. Okay? Did he just randomly just, like, fucking give nine nine digits to the cop and was like, all right. Roll the dice! You know, (laughs) like, is is that what happened? And did he just incredibly, like, have that shitty fucking luck? Or did he purchase this social security number and really get a shitty deal? That's (laughs) what I... Like, I really, I really, really, like, just want to know that. And second off... The the social security number he gave... Wait wait a minute, wait a minute. The social security number he gave and the name were were not the same. The name for the social security number is different than the name he gave. So we had three different names. Oh, yeah. Okay, so definitely was grabbing at straws. But either way, either way, what were the other dude's charges that made him automatically be like, nope, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm, nope. Whatever that guy had, he's like, no, I am an escapee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, trafficking, oh, yep, yeah, that's yeah, me, yeah. that's me all day. Nope, yep, yep. That's, <laughs> raises his hand, steps forward, like... He's all hands on deck. Whatever whatever this other dude had, man, it must have been really gnarly. Indeed. Well, and here's the other thing, and I want to point this out. I wish we had more context for a lot of these stories. Because if just from the, without having the affidavit of probable cause in front of me, but just from going off what they're putting in here, why did he give them any information? He wasn't suspected of a crime. He, from my, best I can understand from the article, he was a passenger in the vehicle. He didn't have to ID. He could have said kick rocks. <laughs> but instead, this dumb shit <laughs> decided he was just going to try to make some stuff up and get out of it. And he picked, he chose poorly. <laughs> yeah, he really, he really, really did. But either way, man, what what uh, what are we going to give this asshole, man? What, what are we going uh, to give this guy? I'm going to give him a three. Uh, Ah man, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go down to a two point five. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not. Uh, well, our way. our next story comes from Newsweek.com. January sixth suspect acts judge for quote right to defend himself from prison guards. <laughs> a suspect in the January sixth Capitol riot accused of assaulting officers in the attack asked a federal judge for, for permission to defend himself against prison guards as a at a status hearing for his case. In a tense exchange in court Thursday, Josh Kenyon, 34, was arrested in Reno, Nevada, uh, asked Judge Carl Nichols to acknowledge he has the right to defend himself if corrections officers try to assault him. Before his comment, Nichols warned Kenyon to consult his attorney before speaking. He said, and I quote, 
I have a high enough IQ range not to screw up there, boss. <laughs> Nichols said that he would not be making any finding one way or another about his right to defend himself while incarcerated. At the end of the meeting, Nichols asked if Kenyon had any other issues to raise, and he said, I quote, My wife and children are homeless on the street. Have a wonderful day. Not sure what that has to do with anything, but here we go. U.S. Attorney in the Justice Department charged Kenyon with unlawful entry of the Capitol and with assaulting a police officer. Kenyon was assaulted several officers with a table leg and with a protruding nail. Uh, FBI officials added that on January 6th, Kenyon wore a red Make America Great Again cap and was dressed as Jack Skellington, a character from the movie The Nightmare Before Christmas. He allegedly assaulted officers with multiple items and threw a large plastic pylon at others. In addition to trying to break a window, court documents allege he was in the Capitol for about 25 minutes near a Senate wing door. He then joined a crowd outside the Lower West Terrace, according to court documents. Kenyon is number 94 in the seeking information photos posted by the FBI. Uh, Newsweek reached out to Kenyon's lawyer but did not receive a response in time for publication. Police said Kenyon was arrested on December 1, 2021 in Reno, Nevada, when uh, Washoe County Sheriff's Office deputies found his wife along with two children in, in an unheated travel trailer in the foothills of the mountains. Uh, while deputies spoke with his wife, Kenyon drove up to the trailer in a Ford Crown Victoria and told deputies his wife would be leaving soon. The deputies ran a check on the Ford's license plates and discovered Kenyon was wanted. Kenyon and his wife were both arrested on charges of child endangerment, according to KOLO. More than 725 people have been arrested in nearly all 50 states in cases linked to the attack on the Capitol. The FBI says 165 have pled guilty to federal charges, including 22 felony offenses. The FBI investigation is ongoing. Fun stuff. Yeah, what, defending yourself against corrections officers? Uh, yeah. Really? Uh, really? Okay. Does it happen? Come on, man. Does it happen? Yes. It happens. Um, have I ever seen it happen? Uh, not premeditated. Uh, I've I've seen uh, use of forces go a little too far, and uh, but never have I seen like a bunch of officers get together and say. We're going to whip his ass. I've seen people get set up for an ass whooping, but I've never seen them do it themselves. How about you, Buck? I, I'm I'm thinking to myself that this guy watches too much fucking TV. Exactly. Yeah, this, like guy, that's, this that's, guy's like watching Sons of Anarchy and shit where the guards are coming in going, all right, boy, <laughs> you're going like, to toe the line today. <laughs> like, let me just inform you that the standard corrections officer, you know, like regalia is going to be in a, a is going to be a uniform with a quality embroidered patch <laughs> okay it and and you know it's, it's embroidered because we're not going to give anybody you know the opportunity to take a pin off of our chests okay so okay you're you're coming you're you're looking at somebody coming at you in the equivalent of a mall cop uniform not even, right. not even, because the mall cops usually yeah. cover, usually carry OC, and we didn't even have that. <laughs> right? No, and and that's the thing is like other than that, we have a set of handcuffs, a radio, and a seatbelt cutter tool, and if you were feeling particularly froggy that day, you might have a mag light. Yeah. So it, it was, it was, I don't it know. Was, I, I had a little light about the size of, I don't know, about not even the length of a pen. 
about the size of a, like a multi-tool. And that thing was brighter than a sun. I kept that thing on my belt when I actually had to look in things. But if I felt like something might go down, I had a D-ring flashlight holder on my belt and I put that big four-cell mag light on there, you know, just because <laughs> that was my, that was going to be my whomping stick if I needed it. But reality is most COs, I mean, some places do have things where they carry OC and tasers, but for the most part, most facilities, they do not have that because that's a weapon that can be taken away. And especially when you're in a facility right. where you are in a room alone with between five and 110 inmates by yourself, by yourself, you know, you would think I, I wouldn't walk in there without an assault rifle, but reality is that's just something that all those people, they rush you. They're going to get it. So right. if you're and, walking in there and, talking like Billy Badass, going to try to whoop someone's ass, you're going to be the one catching the ass whooping. I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah. That's the, I was going to make that point, man. You know, what math, what math magician would take the odds of, of, like, there's not going to be a situation where the dude needs to defend himself against correctional staff. Other, other, other inmates? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that, that's, that's where you may run into problems. But typically, typically excessive, excessive use of forces is about as far as it would go. And trust me, if you're involved in a use of force and you're an inmate, you are not defending yourself. No. You just, you just, and, and because that's where math goes against you. Yeah. So those things, like, are, those things are entirely thought out. We actually draw up a plan on a board. <laughs> it, it looks like we're right. getting ready for game day. And I tr just like, and I'm not saying that like corrections officers are Chuck Norris or anything like that, but I'm saying that there's anywhere between six and however many can run there that you have to fight against you're not you're not gonna win yeah. like there's no defending yourself against there's that. really not there's so, really not and and like what are you what are you gonna do and the and the guy in the very front of the line the very very front of the line is your shield guy go ahead and have fun defending yourself against that there's no defense thing it's, it's a wall running at you and you know what the best thing about my wall is it had an e-bit on the inside an electrical taser yeah so it <laughs> but that, right. that, that all being said, do you remember, and this was my favorite, because there's always rumors about COs, and I had some of the best rumors ever. Do you remember <laughs> when I got a blue star on my uniform? It coincided with an event that occurred, not for the reason that I got that blue star on my uniform. Do you remember that? You're going to have to jog my memory, but I probably okay. do. So I'm not going to mention any names in regards to why I really got the blue star, but uh, there was an officer that was having a heart attack, and I got a commendation for for. I do remember now. Okay, I remember. So I, I got, remember, but it took them months to process it, and they gave it to me. And they said, you know, you got to wear this on your uniform. I'm like, ah, shit, another freaking pin. Okay, so I pin it on. Well, I pinned it on about three days after an inmate took a wild haymaker punch at me and he, so much so that, I mean, he spun his ass around. I snatched him up. I did a hip toss. He thumped the ground and I drug him off the unit by one hand. The guy was a pussy. <laughs> now this same inmate decided he was going to call the, the Pennsylvania state police and file charges on me for excessive force. 
saying that I went in there. It wasn't even excessive force. I'm sorry, it was assault. He was he was assault on assault under the color of authority is what he was claiming. And he actually wanted to take this damn thing to court. I had a freaking you know state police detectives at my door, and we we were. I called an attorney and said, nah, fuck that noise. We're, gonna, we're doing this the hard way if you're going to come at me. So, but regardless, it ended up getting dropped, obviously. They never pursued charges on it. But that being said, everyone thought that I got that store, that star on my shirt for kicking his ass. <laughs> so in the, in like the, the additional like four years I was there after that, I never had an inmate swing on me again. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, hey, you know what? For me, for me, like my 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 story was two weeks after I had started. Somebody put me in a headlock and I bit his forearm. And Fair all enough. of a sudden, after that, I'm I, I bit his forearm. And after after that, all of a sudden, uh, I'm just like crazy and a psycho when I get angry. And I was just like, yeah, I'll roll with that. I'm 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 fine. I'm fine with that. But I'm never. I never get angry. I didn't walk around like that. Like you, you were like, you were, you were by the book. You were, you were very by the book. Well, the be- the best part was at the time I was like, when I first started, I was like 22 years old. You know, it, it was, I was young and I looked like I just got in the military, figure out why. So everyone just assumed that I was a older they all thought I was in my mid-30s. And they also had... The rumors are great. Rumors can be your best friend. Because people thought that I was some kind of spook. Now, yes, I, I, I didn't say no, I wasn't. But I never told them that I was either. So... <laughs> I'm just... I was too casual to have any rumors or anything like that follow, follow me around. I bit a guy... People knew that I had a personal space problem, but other than that, I love to exploit me a loophole. Like, I, I in seven years of working there, I think I think I maybe wrote less than five misconduct reports. Wow! <laughs> and and it's it's I've, because I've done, I've it's done more than that in a day. <laughs> I know you have. I know you have. But you were you were on the cert team, man. Yeah. Like you were the cert team. I was the hostage negotiations team. Like. I, I I liked to just I I didn't like actually, writing. You know them. I didn't like hurting. You know what, I didn't not like hurting people. I didn't like that at all. I didn't enjoy it one bit. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm dancing around saying this as if like I'm going to be applying for another job in the future. No, bitches, that ship has sailed. I'm fucking retired. I actually conducted myself in a day at that prison to do the least least amount of work that I would have to. And Jesus Christmas, man, I write really slow. Like, I don't want to bring ink and paper into it. I used to get overtime when I have to write an incident report. Like, they're like, oh yeah, Lynch, just make it one paragraph. I'm like, I don't know. It's still going to take me a half hour. Whereas I was writing War and Peace. (laughs) Because I was, yeah. I'd be damn, if you're gonna make me go to the point where I have to put pen to paper, I'm not gonna lose. Oh, that was me too, man. If I had to bring ink and paper into it, it stuck. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's because I that's because I graduated high school and I like paid attention in English class. I used to teach a lot of our co. 
<laughs> a, a, a lot of our coworkers were not were not you know so eloquent with the pen and paper. If you catch my drift, this is true. You know, we we didn't work with Mark Twain. Like it was, we we actually and you know you say you taught report writing classes as if like it's some esteemed prestigious thing and it's fucking not. It's not like let's just let's just I'm gonna call a spade a spade here, okay? He taught report writing classes to a bunch of people who at the time got laid off from a welding factory. And when you had to explain to them that they had to write more down on a piece of paper than when they got there, when they were leaving, and what they wanted for fucking lunch, like, you just saw, like, stars in some of these people's faces. Like, you're not dealing with the creme de la creme. You're, like, you're not skimming the top off the fucking barrel here. I just want to point out, in that welding group that came in, one of them was completely and utterly, totally illiterate did not know how to write his own name. He actually made a mark when he signed anything. And I decided to move on in my career shortly after he became sergeant. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you're not dealing with the creme de la creme. Mm-mm. And so a guy going in and telling, telling a judge that he wants him to sign off on defending himself against correction staff is absolutely absurd yeah it's absolutely absurd corrections officers are amongst things sometimes sadistic because they're i'm gonna be a cop (laughs) bullshit you're you're a fucking corrections officer it's not yeah man you're you're don't use the word cop don't use you you're don't you're you're a a CEO without the p you're a turn you're a turnkey you're a cop without a p you jackass uh so now that does not mean it's not a job that doesn't deserve respect. It really truly does. But it's the requirements for it typically are a pulse. And the people that are getting that job are typically some of the laziest motherfuckers you're ever going to meet in your life. And they don't want to do reports. They don't want to have to deal with all that crap. They don't want to get covered in your nasty. They don't want to get MRSA. So they're <laughs> just, God damn, dude. If you if you catch an ass whooping from a CO, you had it coming. Yeah, you really fucked up. I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, dude's a fucking dick. He's a, and and I'm I'm giving him I'm giving him a 4. I'm giving him a 4. Actually, you know what? I'm going to give you know, him just because of the kind of shit stick that he is. I'll give him a 4 for this particular interaction, but given the charges that he's up against, now he hasn't been convicted yet. I'll give him that. But let's just take those out of the equation and go with the child endangerment. Fuck him. He gets a 5. Oh, well, you know, factoring that in there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, Buck, we're back, and we're going to go a little feel-good this time. Uh, This is coming from UPI.com. Missing Maine cat turns up in Florida seven years later. A cat who went missing from her owner's Maine home seven years ago will be reunited soon with her family after turning up more than 1,400 miles away in Florida. Denise Chili of Chesterville said her family's pet, Ashes, was strictly an indoor feline when the feline escaped from the house in August of 2015. Uh, Kylie said the family searched for more than a year uh, 
I'm sorry, search for the one-year-old cat, sorry, but there was no sign of ashes. She said the family eventually became to believe she was taken by a fox or other predator. Kylie said they, uh, they initially was confused when they received a phone call from a veterinarian in Longwood, Florida. I live in Maine, and we don't have a cat in Florida, Riley recalled telling the vet. The veterinarian told Kylie that Feline was microchipped from the Franklin County Animal Shelter that contained her contact information, and after receiving a description animal, she realized the cat must be long-lost ashes. A mutual friend helped Kylie connect with Janet Williams, a former Maine resident who moved to Florida and founded the Pixel Fund and Adore Pet Rescue Groups. Uh, they called me because I do have connections in the rescue community, and they're a fairly well-organized rescue network up and down the East Coast I could tap into. The veterinarian determined Ash has had health issues, including an upper respiratory infection, dental disease, and some missing teeth, and a shabby coat. A GoFundMe was started to raise funds for Ash's veterinary care and travel costs. <laughs> Williams, who is fostering Ash's until the feline can return home, and Kylie have arranged for a Southwest Airlines employee to fly the cat home once she is cleared by the veterinarian. Kylie said she has no clues how Ash's has ended up so far from home. We have no idea. Maybe somebody found her in Maine, thought she was astray, and took her uh, and moved to Florida. And when she got out and couldn't find her way home. It's kind of a neat story. You know what? I, I'm not. I'm not going to dispute that. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of uh, of uh, feline pets, to be honest with you. But you know, is I mean, what a, what a cute little story. And Ash is the cat, man. Like upper respiratory, dental problems. I mean, Ash the cat had it rough. Ash the cat had it rough, and you can tell. Shabby coat. Goes in Florida. Probably slept under a bridge. Eating out of trash cans. Was in Florida. Now you. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, surprise, surprise, man. You know, they at least, at least, unlike other black holes, once you get sucked into the Florida nexus, there is an escape, and we've seen it happen. Now we have empirical evidence of it. Like we we now have seen that once you get sucked into Florida, you can actually. Get back out. It's great. It, it takes seven. Kudos. It takes seven years, and it takes a GoFundMe page. But apparently, you can get out. <laughs> well, you know what? Great, great, great for technology, though. You know, I'll give a shout out to the fact that you know at least at least the pet was microchipped. It's a shame that uh, that it went seven years before somebody was like, "Hey, let's uh, let's run a scan on this guy." But you know, whatever. Ashes the cat made it home. You know. Well, our next story comes from the Nashville scene. They're burning books in Tennessee. Last week, uh, McMinn County made news when the school board voted to ban beloved graphic novel Mouse, a Holocaust story with the anthropomorphic mice and cats due to instances of swear words and nudity. While the vote happened in early January, it went viral following a report in the Tennessee Holla. I swear to God. Uh, last night, Mount Juliet pastor and pro-Trump conspiracy theorist Greg Locke decided to turn it up a notch by organizing an old-fashioned book burning. The books included uh, millennial staples like Harry Potter and Twilight, hits of the early August uh, that were targeted by Christian book burnings back in the day. In a sermon preceding the bonfire, Locke described the beefing with Freemason devils and said, I ain't going to be suiciding myself no time soon. Locke said people aren't mad that they are, aren't mad that they were burning books, but mad because of the books they were burning, implying that his critics, even other pastors, were devil 
and witchcraft supporters. Uh, you can see, see in the footage in uh, Locke's Facebook video of the event, the burning starts about an hour in. I'm not going to watch that. Tennessee ended uh, January on a couple fucked up and embarrassing notes thanks to the aforementioned book burning in McKinn County, as well as a shocking incident wherein law enforcement officers gunned down a man on the highway. Locke's fiery assault on youth literature might just be the god-awful streak going into February. And there, there's actually books of all these people winging books into a bonfire. This is disgusting. Yeah, tell me about it, man. Like, I, I see the picture there, and there are actually... It's not just a couple of guys with, like, beers in their hands throwing books in... No. There is, like, serious Kool-Aid drinkage happening here. There are people in... And what I can only describe is a drove of people throwing books. There, the, the photograph actually has capture of books in midair being pitched from this crowd into the fire. So it's not even like a doctored up photo where like somebody's just taking pictures outside of a bonfire and being like, oh yeah, we're going to call this book, book burning. See, no, there's actually this is legit. The, the picture you're legit. describing is actually there's a caption that says Taylor Salinas took photos of the event and said there was one counter protester in attendance. The man threw a book into the fire and claimed it was the Bible while holding up copies of Fahrenheit 451 and on the origin of species. Yeah. You know what? Again, you know, you're good, good try sending a message there, buddy, but you're not really contributing you're you're actually contributing to this insanity by throwing any books into that fire. You know, I kind of like the thoughts there, but but the execution may may not have been the greatest for that for that counter protest. But at least he was brave enough to stand up against the masses. And I'll tell you what, man, this is just absolutely insane. This is absolutely insane. Why would you do this? Why would you hide information from people? Like information, like and really necessary. Like the, the whole and, concept. You know, so, so, the, so the the, the, the book the, the book that kicked this all off is a graphic novel that depicts Jews as mice and Nazis as the cats, and it, it it tells a story of the Holocaust. And this is something that we do not want to forget or ever have not taught. This happened. It right. should never happen again. You know. It, I went. I remember distinctly at a young age going to the Holocaust Museum in Washington D.C., and it was horrible. The things you saw in there were scarring. It was so bad. And I went years later, and they had actually toned it way back. And I was very, very disappointed that they had, because this is something that I think everyone should be required to learn about. Period. So that it can never happen again. And the fact that in this country. We're citing the reason we got rid of it because of swearing and nudity. What's well, a fucking picture of a mouse? But on top of that, I can turn. I, I watched. I'm watching a TV show last night, and Alan Alda had a bomb around his neck and exploded. And they should this this glass just splattered with his brain, skull, and and blood. But God fucking help you if you show a titty on a mouse on a mouse. Jesus Christ. You know, you, you know, it's just it's this kind of of shit that's that that 
you know, like they they talk about like the galactic filter or something like that, or like the the filter of like economic or of, of evolution or evolutionary filter. And this is this is going to be the kind of behavior that really stymies our progress, and and might even stop us from crossing that economic filter or evolutionary filter. This is why the aliens you don't know. talk to us. No, man, absolute man. That's why direction. Like, come on, like you think, you think that your 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 book burning in podunk fucking wherever you are is gonna actually send any kind of message other than the fact that you are an ignorant insane. redneck dumbass piece of shit. Right. Like what? What kind of impact do you think you're really going to have? And you know, I want anybody who really finds this kind of behavior offensive to find solace in the fact that as time goes by, these kind of people are going to be relegated to nothing more than a blip in existence or something that that you know, hundreds of years now we 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 look back on and make fun of. Like these these kinds of things. You know, I, I don't I don't see having that great of an impact on society as a whole. Yes, they they have a large impact where they are happening, but on the grand scheme of things, these people are going to be soon forgotten, and if they're not, are only going to be remembered as stupid fools. So, you know, congratulations everybody who you know contributed to this motherfuckery. You know, you've you've done nothing, you've accomplished nothing, and everybody is laughing at you, and and your 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 archaic belief system that throwing a book into a fire is going to make a fucking difference. You realize that that shit is all digitized. But here's the whole thing: like, if you don't like the content of Harry Goddamn Potter, don't fucking buy it. Right. That's the best part. We're going to burn all these books. Where'd you get them? Oh, you went and bought them. <laughs> you know, why didn't you just stand around and throw money into the fire? You know, protest capitalism. Yeah. The, the, the whole thing is, well, we're, yeah. we're keeping by, by removing the book and burning it. We're making sure that no innocent child reads it and gets, uh, gets, gets scarred yeah. for life by reading the exploits of uh, Hermione Granger. So, and, uh, but here's the problem with that, folks. When you buy that book, hey, that book's selling. We ought to, we ought to print some more. Well, not only that, man. We live in the 21st fucking century. Those books are nothing more than, like, decorations now. If I want to read Harry Potter, no fucking way am I picking up a book and reading shit. I got Audible. I'm going to have somebody read that shit to me. Okay. I can get all the culture, all the all the everything from the experience of actually holding those pages. I, bitch, I golf from the gold tees of life. I'm handicapped. I I can't remember the last time I opened a book, sign my name. Man, I'll have somebody read that shit to me. You think that burning that book is gonna do anything? Again, people are they're la it's laughable, laughable. I'm not even going to dignify these people with a high score for their fucked up belief system and, and stupid ass, you know, protest. You know, fuck all that noise, man. I'm not even going to dignify. I'm not even going to 
sustain them with with a score because I don't believe they're going to get a score, but I mean a high score. I don't believe that they uh, that they even are making that big of an impact on anything. You know, all all they did was contribute to global warming. Congratulations, you get a three. That's that's it. See, I'm you I'm know gonna, I'm not I'm not even I'm going to differ from you vastly, and I'm going to give them the five. And I'm not asking you to change your score. I don't want you to even consider changing your score because you have a logic sound reason for why you gave it. My reasoning is this is exactly how movements start. This is exactly how things started in Nazi Germany. There is there there there's certain things that you just don't do. And I think this is one of the ones on my list of things that you just don't do. And I am finishing this podcast with ordering a copy of Mouse uh, to give to my children. You know what? I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to dispute or even counter your logic at all. This is, you know, you make also very good and sound points. But again, you know, I'd like to, uh, to give a hearty wrap up here. Um, you know, last episode we uh, we gave the uh, the crown of the of of the uh, podcast uh, of uh, of that episode. We gave it to the uh, fucked up cops who stole legal drug money. And this week, I am uh, I'm fairly certain that uh, that our tennis book burning uh, crew can uh, can also have the crown of the two. Man, what what would you uh, what would you uh, what would you rate the worst of those uh, of those two, man? I'd be interested to hear your Ugh. thoughts. And anybody listening, go ahead and drop a comment in there too. So, you know, between our last crowning glory in the gallery of rogues, the uh, the crooked cops who steal legal drug money, and our Tennessee book burners, you know, who do you who do you think is the uh, the worst scale of the bunch? I don't know. <laughs> Ah, yeah, that's that's a difficult one, man. Because you actually, again, you know, anybody yeah, listening, I try, anybody listening, really, really ponder and and let us know what you think in the comments. So we we got an email the other day from a listener um, who actually uh, saw our video that we made on um, Judge Williams there in West Virginia. Uh, if you could look at our YouTube channel, just look for Social Liability Podcast, you'll find it. Uh, we have a lot of, it was a video only. We never did it, really covered it on the podcast because um, it was very a very visual story. Um, and we got this very heartfelt email um, asking if we'd be willing to cover more stuff about corruption, especially the, in, in the West Virginia area. And I have not replied to that yet. I am going to. So if you're listening to this podcast, I am going to reply to you. Um, we are first and foremost an entertainment show. We're not hard hitting. We're not um, something that is is meant to facilitate any kind of social change. It is supposed to be just so that you can listen to us talk about these foolish and silly things that happen. Um, but again, these last two episodes, we've ended with things that I I get pretty fired up about, and and uh, I I have those soapbox moments, and you can tell a Buck's just like I'm not even gonna try to talk right now. I'm just gonna let him pontificate for a while. And you can just see it. He just kind of shuts off because we see each other on video. Um, I, I got two that I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, that would take 
some really philosophical thinking to try to figure out which one is worse in my opinion but um you know oppressive government um retarded citizenry i'm not sure which well, you know, if if I were to have to give a score by the seat of my pants, which is what I'm asking you to, um, I'd have to go with the book burners, even though I didn't give them a high score on the social liability scale, like I did the uh, the cops. You know, on 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 a macro level, I I have to agree with your assertion that this is how movements start. And as as stupid as I think these people are, that's only my opinion. They've obviously got other people buying into their bullshit because we've seen a photograph. They've got droves of people throwing books into fires. And uh, and if you can convince people to do that, you know, on, on a wide scale, you know, police corruption, that'll get stopped. You, you start taking people's fucking money. Like, you can only get away with that so far. But spreading spreading hate and spreading ideals like that, that's 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 a cancer. That's a societal cancer. And uh, and I would have to give the uh, the um, the bigger liability to the uh, to the book burners. And again, that's just my opinion. I'd be I'd be interested for anybody to drop us a comment and uh, and you know kind of uh, kind of weigh in your opinion on this. You know, I think that the uh, the book burners definitely create a uh, a more vast wave in uh in the way that the uh the machine of society runs than than crooked cops they're they're both disgusting in their own right but again you know burning books and spreading that kind of message is is a little bit worse in my opinion so i'm going to give the uh i'm going to give the crown to them for this uh for this week that being said, folks, that's going to bring us to an end of another episode. Uh, remember, you can catch us on YouTube in some instances, but the best place to find the Social, social Liability Podcast, if I can even say the name right, is on any of the uh, podcasting platforms you can find nowadays, whether it be Spotify, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Anchor, Google Podcast, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, or CastBox, and any number of other places at this point. I mean, everyone keeps picking our feed up. It's kind of weird, though, because we're not getting as many listeners as we would like. So if you could help us out with that, we'd appreciate it by telling a friend, hitting that subscribe button, and listen to us uh, twice a week. Uh, new episodes coming out on Saturdays and Wednesdays. Uh, that That's pretty much all we got at this point. I am the Raspberries with my co-host, The Buck, wishing you all a happy and safe week. <laughs>